Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Reasonably Real. This is one of your hosts, Deadite Dave, and joining with me today across the table this time is Steady Steve, what? Maniac Mike, and Jigsaw Jody. How are y'all doing today? We're doing all right. Ooh, glad to hear it. Yeah, what what do you got going on upstairs, Mike? Those are some big rats you've let into your kitchen. Yeah, there's something going on up there, and I don't know what. Are yeah. you going to go find out, or are nope. we just going to plow, plow on then? Nope, don't care. How are you doing, Jody? I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not hit her. <laughs> oh, hi, Dave. Oh, yes. man. We are, if you did not figure out from that glorious hint, we are doing so bad it's good movies that we have not formally covered already. This may be a recurring segment. depends on people. We, we all love bad movies. I think they're a great sense of... Uh, of escapism to get laugh. I get I laugh harder at these so bad they're good movies than any comedy. Trust me, I've watched a lot this week and they all sucked bad. And uh, but uh, before we get into that, we're gonna talk about some what well, we've been watching movies and study. Steve, starting with you, what have you been watching? And don't make it too long because you haven't been here since Jesus walked. Okay, here. so since uh, <laughs> let's see, since December sixteenth, I've watched forty five. Oh, I'm just, I'm just. I've watched with... more than that this week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, no, you're you're the real guy. I'll just hit the highlights. How's that? So stuff that probably nobody's seen. How about this one? This won't fit. This won't fit up on our uh, on our list because it's just so bad. It's bad. Uh, the Iron Mask, starring Jackie Chan and Schwarzenegger, believe it or not. Uh, I bought this disc, and it may be turned into a coaster at some point. Mm. Um, luckily, I only paid like a dollar for it. Uh, it's it's just awful. It's it's a cute story. It's not enough Jackie Chan, and it's just dumb. So save yourselves. It's a, it don't, don't rent it at Redbox. Uh, some of the better stuff that I've seen is a movie that you were talking about uh, called Red Dot. Uh, that... Uh, it's a good uh, it's fine. survival <laughs> kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid film. I enjoyed that. Uh, I got around to watching Penguin Bloom. Love that film. That one wasn't it's bad. Good, good story uh, based on a true story about a um, family and a tragedy that occurred in that family and persevering together as a family. Good film. Finally got around to watching The New Mutants. Um, uh, another one I picked up on a Redbox sale. On Blu-ray, uh, I really like that one. It's uh, an interesting take on the uh, on the uh, X-Men series mm-hmm. that kind of tries to hint at connection with the with the series, but I guess we're never going to see where it goes. Um, but either way, I liked it. It's a little bit grittier than uh, the X-Men series. You know what I mean? Not not like Philadelphia Flyers gritty. Was, not you that know, creepy. you saw the look on my face. It's not that creepy. It's it's just a grittier film. Uh, 
So uh, I got around to watching the 2014 film Seventh Son. David, this is one that you and I avoided like uh, like COVID-19. For good reason. And, I think uh, Mike knows why. <laughs> yeah, because if you have read any of the books, that uh, movie is awful. Yeah, I agree. I those I rare, I'll admit I, I love Mike. But I don't, I don't read the books he recommends because I don't read very much. I don't know how to. I'm not, I'm not smart, smart like Mike is. Uh, so, but I did actually read that one, and I actually liked it. So. And now, I will say, if anybody does want to read uh, the Seventh Son books, they do tend to be on the young side of young adult. Uh, the stories aren't very deep. It's kind of a, they're a kind of take-it-or-leave-it story. Uh, but as it goes, it does get deeper and more layered, and there's some pretty cool characters. And the books, especially for the young of the young adult, are pretty good. Um, I would say it's a little bit grittier, maybe Harry Potter style uh, uh, of I reading. Agree with that. Um, this time we are talking about gritty. The movie mm-hmm. is awful. Uh, I disagree with the movie being awful. It's not great cinema, but I enjoyed it for what it was, and I wound up giving it a, a I'm six. glad you enjoyed it. The worst problem this film has <laughs> is if, and I put that in my review, if they would have replaced Bridges and the, and uh, Moore, who played the two of the leads, with Hemsworth and Theron from... Um, uh, just reprise their roles from Snow White and the Huntsman. This would have been a lot better film because those two overacted their parts so bad. And the only good parts of the Huntsman were Hemsworth and Theron in that in that film. I think they could have combined the two. Either way, I I think, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. You just might want to stop while you're ahead on this one. <laughs> take it for what's worth. Looks like he's about ready to slash your tires, and I'm just looking like what? Yeah, I, I take it for what's worth. I, I just want a good story about Grimalkin. Is that too hard to ask? Well, this wasn't a bad story. Did you have you seen the film? Yes. Okay. I know David hasn't, but either way. Okay. Uh, it's not great cinema, it's but bad. it's not bad. Uh, it's bad. Okay. So, oh, I forgot one that we'll probably talk about on the action cast at some point in the blood. Um, this is a fairly low budget action film starring the woman, the, the girl that was kicked out of the Mandalorian for her views. What's her Karina? Gina Carano. Yeah. She is actually a really good action star in a corn chip budget she is. film. Uh, she's, she holds this film together. It's not great cinema again, but if you like action films, this is right up your alley. Uh, it's, it's a good, decent, solid six, a good time. Kind of along the lines of, well, Braven is better. But you know that kind of film line? Simple, straightforward, good film. Uh, we'll talk about that a little more after you watch it, maybe on ActionCast. It's worth your time. Okay. Um, so then uh, I wound up the season with, uh, with the, or the week uh, with the films I haven't reviewed yet on Letterboxd. I got around to Fatima Jody. I think I like that film better than you. Uh, it is a great film, um, I, I thought. Uh, it's a, but it, is, it, it helps a lot to have an understanding of Catholic religion because it's deeply Catholic in the same way that the Passion of the Christ is, is deeply Catholic. So it helps to understand a little bit of that, which I don't, but I appreciated what they were going for. it. I'm not a Catholic, but either way. Uh, I watched Minari, which is another really great film. Uh, I don't think I liked it as well as you, David, but it's close. It's a wonderful film about um, sticking together as a family 
and the American dream is what it's really about. I think I'll never think a Mountain Dew the same way after <laughs> after watching yeah. Minari. It's it's awesome. I love that movie. So for fans of uh, Nebraska, oh yeah, it's uh, very similar. This to that. film has much of the same tones and. Uh, the woman that plays the grandma here. Oh, dude, she's great. Is awesome in this film. I love and, what uh, they say about her because the, the movie does such a good do job. And I don't want—I'm not spoiling anything about defining your expectations of what characters are. So yeah. just enjoy the movie for what it is and yeah. watch it. But it—it it probably isn't exactly what you think it's going to be no. at any point in time. It, it did not do what I thought it was going to do. Uh, but it's—it's it's well worth your time and is available on uh, if you go to. 824 and look it up it's they have a screening channel set up for this mm -hmm. where you can pay twenty dollars for a ticket yeah, and then whenever really cool. your tickets time comes you get an email and you're active for four hours that's really cool uh it's a uh, hopefully we'll see more from a24 along this lines of those films that we can't ever get to see mm -hmm. uh down here without going to the city uh but it's a it's a great way to do it uh, thanks to a24 for that and that's a great film to show it on. The other things that uh, I've seen are the 36 Chambers of Shaolin movies. I've seen the first two. Uh, one of those I'll hold on to. And uh, the other one is the original, the, the 36 Chamber of Shaolin, which is uh, a classic kung fu movie. Um, I've never seen it, but they're available on Amazon Prime right now. So you can see them all. Almost everybody's got that probably. So you can see them for nothing. There are three. I'll get to the third one. And there are some spinoffs. But anyway, it's a great film. It's a little weird. Uh, the original one was done in the mid to late 70s, 70 some, 78, I think. And um, it uh, it's a little quirky. But the second one I'm going to talk about in a minute. Now, David and I might disagree on that one a little bit. But that's okay. So uh, that'll be one of my reviews. Okay. So, all right. I'm, I'm down. Right. Mike? Uh, what you been watching? Uh, first, I'll play catch up and mention a couple movies that I forgot last week. And I'm sure this crowd will enjoy it. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so, uh, 1985, Lamberto Baba. And I will say it has officially cracked my top five favorite films. And that is mm. Demons. Mm. Oh, David's seen that one. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, well, Yo, we, yeah. we, we're well aware of the Demons. Um, this is like comfort food for me just because yeah. it's so outlandish and <laughs> so just the raw entertainment value of the film is amazing. And I hope that if I am ever in an ap apocalypse situation, a helicopter crashes through the roof and saves me. Is this related to the demon wind in any way? No, this, no. <laughs> I would, I would urge you, there's a very brief nudity in the film. Yep. But Demons is a blast. It is it's a lot one of, of my favorite horror films. It's in probably one of my most entertaining lists of movies to watch. I, I could watch Demons anytime. I'll, I'll try to give it a, a go. Where um, is yeah, it available at? I'll give you a DVD here in just awesome. a minute. Awesome. Uh, well, just let me know that... Uh, it's on Shutter. I think Joe Bob uh, has a cut of it, too. I'm going to watch the uh, 4K of... Lord of the Rings and keep that before uh, before I give it back. Yes. Uh, oh, so I get to keep the, it. Excellent. No, you don't get to keep it. Lord oh, of the Rings are better movies, but <laughs> I'd rather watch Demons. Demons is, Demons is a better time. So entertaining and so crazy, <laughs> it really is. Hey. Um, <laughs> I have tried to just buy just, that Lord just of the to Rings go into. Trilogy. Yeah, you can't find it. It's hard to get. Uh, just to go into detail on the scene that you'll have a problem with is some punks 
are snorting coke off of a female's chest. So I can just skip that scene. Yeah, yes. as soon as you, yes, you as can. soon as you've seen a car with a bunch of thugs in it, just skip ahead. Yeah, you you can skip ahead by about maybe four or five minutes. And it's funny. You'll the, totally. The, skip. The, the, the funny thing about it, and Joe Bob covered it, is that they that they that the censored version cut the scene where they had a razor blade near her nipple, but all the other violence in the film was perfectly fine. Yep. But as soon as the razor blade got near the nipple, the censors were, oh God, no, we can't have that. That's too violent for us. <laughs> and the movie's extremely I violent I elsewhere. I have really never uh, understood most of the rating systems. So. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Lamberto Bava's Demons, it's a blast. Uh, the next movie I will talk about is Reanimator. I, uh, I watched the integral cut of that. Um, oh, yeah. and, and that's just another great fun film. Um, <laughs> Demons, by the way, I give that one a ten out of ten. My one of my objective tens, and yeah. I don't care what anybody I'm says. Uh, Reanimator, it's it's a still a lot of fun, and it's might even be a little bit better of a made movie. But um, I, I give Reanimator an eight out of ten. It is a classic, uh, especially if you like some of the. Uh, the tales told by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, the the cat scene is iconic in that movie, uh, along with uh, yeah Her Herbert West is an iconic character. Cat dead talk later. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the the doctor in it too that carries around his head in a pan, you know, through the last quarter of the movie. Um, and don't do what Motley did and watch this around your uh, yeah don't do what, that kids I think yes. at some point or his family or something yeah yeah that don't was, do that that was a bad idea um, <laughs> but Reanimator it's an eight out of ten it's a fantastic film uh, it's a lot of fun a lot of good practical effects um, can't talk enough good things about it um, the next movie I watched and I had I thought I had watched this but it turns out I never did uh, 2014 Antoine Fuqua I watched uh, The Equalizer with Denzel Washington mm. uh, this was on TV the other day or the other night and I was bored and I was like alright um, this is a good movie yeah, um, the emotional uh, payoff that's in it uh, that, that Washington manages to pull off like the the emotional reasons he has for getting involved, um, are are pretty believable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can see the comparisons to John Wick in the film, um, but I think this has actually a little bit more story to it and a little bit more grounded story yeah. than John Wick yeah, ever definitely. thought about having. Uh, the action might not be as good, but uh, still highly entertaining. The story's good. The acting's good. I like Washington in this role. I thought he did really really good. Um, I love both Equalizer movies a lot, actually. Yeah, and, and the main bad guy that was in it, the Russian guy, uh, he was really cool, too. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed his character. Um, so I gave uh, The Equalizer uh, 8 out of 10. Uh, that's a very enjoyable movie. That's a probably a must-watch for action movie fans. I agree. Um, both of them are. Again, it's like what you're saying. It's not John Wick. John Wick is much more action-driven yep. with a very simple base story. This has less of that, but its story is more. Uh, it's more got a lot more heart to it. More heart, yeah. It's really. The second one story. even ramps the story up even a little bit more. Yeah. You, a lot of people didn't like the second one as much. If you haven't seen it, too, give it a watch. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's about as good. 
it's it's a good sequel. It's good, yeah. I agree with that. It's a solid sequel that sets up a franchise. Yeah. And this is the only one, only film of his. I think this is Washington's only time he's appeared in film, reprised the film role. I, I think so. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, I don't know whether he'll come back and do more. I'd love to. Uh, but I'd love to see it because uh, for those that are not familiar with it, the, the Equalizer is a, was a television show from, I believe, the early 80s and or 70s. And this one again. And uh, it, is it? They yep. make one? Okay. Yeah, we, were, you, we were watching it right after the Super Bowl, remember? Is that what we were watching? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. It had the woman in it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> it's, it's, and it's actually a halfway decent show. I have watched it. It's pretty good. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it, it makes for a pretty good, like, A-team kind of episodic film because you know they get he goes off or she does in the television show i guess and and uh, helps somebody uh, with a with a problem so uh you know that's what's about good show um and then i also want to shout out a show that me and my wife started which the, the show's a year or two old now mm-hmm. uh, but it stars kevin costner um and that's yellowstone and so far uh we are on episode four of season one and I know we're a little bit behind. I think they're on season two or three now. But three. season one, I, I could never find it streaming anywhere. I couldn't find it on the on-demand. And I missed it on TV on Paramount whenever they premiered mm-hmm. it. Uh, so we picked up season one and started watching it. And it's really good. Uh, Kevin Costner plays a, a very large rancher. And he's a little bit of a politi- political figure. A little bit of a law enforcement. He's a... a uh, uh, he, he plays for law enforcement for like uh, cattle and horses and stuff like that in Montana um, and it goes a little bit uh, so far it's delving into like the relationship with some of the, the Indian reservations that are through there and everything like that um, uh, livestock officer that's what he is um, so far it's been good um, the writing's good the, the tension and the drama actually in it uh, with Costner's family is pretty top-notch so far okay. um, so i gotta brag on yellowstone it's uh it's it's really good um does have a little bit of nudity in it uh me and steady steve was talking so be warned on that um but uh really good so far i'm really happy with it so excellent uh, that's what i've been watching sounds good I, I do need to check that one out i actually just recently subscribed to the the, the paramount i actually cbs cbs but it'll go to the paramount network so yeah. i'll have it whenever March comes around, that transitions to Paramount Plus. So. I don't know how much you'll like it just because of the setting that it deals in. I know you're not the biggest like farmer, rancher, horse fan and stuff That's like true. that. And that is in the forefront. I want to put that out there. Okay, maybe uh, I won't. This is a ranching show. Okay. Um, it's it's a Dallas only. You know, very no, wealthy no, no, people. No, no, no. It's well, it, no, it's not Dallas. It, the, it does it, does not have the melody. Dallas is a soap Dallas opera. Where this one, well, it's it's just a more modern one. Uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, it's dealing with a family and a, a rather wealthy family, and and let the man who's speaking, who's actually watched the show, talk uh, about what the show episodes. is. I'm, all <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying. <laughs> where Dallas was a soap opera, and the acting was horrible, the writing was horrible. Um, it dealt on completely on emotional cliffhangers. Wasn't Tom this... Selleck in that? Dallas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. No. What was he in then? I'm confused. I don't watch Magnum TV. P. Yeah. Okay. Selleck I don't watch. I don't watch P. TV, especially like old TV shows that old people really like. Yeah. Apparently. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you know, old people. <laughs> Dallas was the Who Shot Jr. Oh, okay. Um, 
But uh, so, this... so Twin Peaks, but bad. Uh, Dallas wasn't a bad show. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very, very popular in the '80s. So popular that it was canceled and then brought back. Um, but I, I think this is a little bit of a like. No offense to your opinion, but that's a little bit of a knock against Yellowstone compared to Dallas because Yellowstone, the acting is top notch so far. Kevin Costner is playing a, a very layered character, and this is a family drama as well. Um, and then once you figure out all the little pieces and strings that he's pulling with his family, it's like, oh, crap, this is a very deep... What what they're dealing with goes very deep into the society of the area. Um, and is And that's why I'm saying, David, I don't know if you'll exactly like it, mm-hmm. because the area that they're in is ranch and farmland, um, you know, breaking horses, uh, cowboys, and that is front and center. Um, I'll tell you, I could take a little bit of it. I liked, uh, like some of it, but I, I probably would get bored. If it's anything like The Ranch, I can't watch it. <laughs> no, it's it's not The Ranch. The Ranch is a comedy about a ranch. Because that, that show bored um, me to tears. I actually I really, I really enjoyed The Ranch because uh, Sam Elliott was, played a classic character in that one. I, I really liked his character. But, um, no, this is the complete... Okay. The same setting, but complete opposite tone. Completely it sounds like a prequel opposite. to Turn Him Loose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. They, from what I've seen of it, it, it is a similar yep. look to the film. Yep. Much uh, okay. darker, I'll say, than, yeah. than uh, yeah. I so, like it, though. Uh, but, yeah, Yellowstone so far, I'm very happy with it. The wife is liking it as well. Um, so I, I'd say give it a shot. David, I think you would appreciate the writing and, like... Uh, the story beats, but I just, I don't know if you would gel with the setting. Probably. Um, I mean, they they have shootouts on horseback. If that tells you. No, I'm okay with that. I don't, Um, I'm I like Westerns. It's just, I got to, it just takes a bit. (laughs) Yeah. Hard to explain. Okay. Is that it? Yep. That's it. All right. Jigsaw Jody, what have you been watching? I have been watching starting last Sunday with the mortuary collection. Uh, it was a good anthology film on Shutter. I really enjoyed the atmosphere. All three of the shorts were good, and then the fourth one is excellent. It's actually a short that was made a couple years ago, and then the director made more shorts to turn it into an anthology film. Then next, we had Pieces of a Woman uh, on Netflix, which is a uh, award season movie. It's about a baby that's born, uh, like a stillborn childbirth and the effects that it has on the mother and the family and everybody surrounding her. And I give that an 8 out of 10. Uh, I started my new weekly tradition of watching a Jell-O film while eating Jell-O dessert. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so the first movie I chose was Don't Torture a Duckling because it was leaving Shutter, and it was a good thing I did because the next day I went to look for it again and it was gone because uh, I wanted to take a picture of it on my TV, and it was already gone. So uh, I was glad I watched that one. Some classic Fulci. Um, I gave that an 8 out of 10. Uh, I went to the 4K IMAX screening of Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Uh, oh, yeah. I gave that a 9 out of 10. It's a great movie. It's a very different movie than Fellowship in a lot of ways. Um, Almost, and I always know it's coming, but it's always, no matter what, I, when I watch Two Towers, it feels so jarringly different from the first movie. Yeah. But still, still cohesive, narrative speaking, but just such a, like, I don't know, I don't want tone, I guess, but I don't know. I think it's uh, really phenomenal, though, but it's, it is my least favorite of the three, but my least <laughs> favorite of three gets a nine out of ten, so. 
That's my that's my favorite one. Yeah. Well, uh, people I mean, like a lot of action and less drama. Or like the second one better than the first. Yep. One. <laughs> um. I watched Mank on Netflix. Uh, another movie. I give that a seven out of ten. It's a phenomenally made film. It's mastercraft in filmmaking. David Fincher is incredible as always. Um, I looked back and I wouldn't say any David Fincher movie is a bad movie. Uh, Mank would probably be my least favorite or one of the bo- like bottom three, but even then, I think they're all pretty amazing. Um, I don't find a lot of interest in like classic Hollywood, like nineteen thirties Hollywood. Uh, I kind of hate the movie Citizen Kane. I respect it as a piece of quality and important cinema, but it bores me to tears. I can't stand watching it. So I agree. Yeah, and then and then if you, you know, if you're bored by Citizen Kane, you'll be even more bored by Mank. It's even more boring. Oh, absolutely. I, I like absolutely. Mank. Don't get me wrong, but I found the film and I love Citizen Kane. I found it to be pretty boring. It's uh, we had to watch it pretty much. I don't know, I probably watched it in eight different classes in film school, so it got, I don't know, just kind of like wore on me. Um, I watched On the Rocks, which I loved. Uh, Sofia Coppola's next movie, and she reteams with Bill Murray from uh, Lost in Translation. On the Rocks is nowhere near like the amazing film that Lost in Translation is, but I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Bill Murray's funny. Uh, it's about, he takes his daughter on an adventure. She thinks her husband is cheating on her. So they're kind of like spying, like doing these little espionage missions together. But I really enjoyed the father and daughter dynamic. Um, you know, having two daughters myself, hopefully like one day I'll get to, not under that context of course, but get to take one or both of my daughters on some kind of little spy adventure. Mm-hmm. And like also that. while you have Apple Plus, uh, watch Palmer while you're at it. It's oh, really I good. I will, for sure. Yep, I got the Apple Plus so I could watch uh, Wolf Walkers on the Rocks and... Uh, one that I'll be talking about in a second, Greyhound. But yeah, for sure, we'll be watching Palmer, too. Um, as part of my wrap-up challenge, I grouped all the anthology films together because that's probably my favorite subgenre of horror movies is the anthology film. And I watched, um, we already talked about it, the Mortuary Collection and Death Simber last week. So the third one of that group was one called Scare Me. And I had read that it was an anthology movie. And so I'm sitting there watching and waiting you know, anthology films almost always have a wraparound story that kind of kicks off the reason why the shorts start coming on. And about the 20-minute mark, I'm thinking, when is the next short, the first short going to start? And then by 30 minutes into it, I was like, this, are they really just going to, like, stand there and tell the story, like, improv comedy, the whole movie? Yep. And that's exactly what it is, and I hated it. <laughs> I, I don't, like, like, like... There's people, like, people watch that show, like, or I'll be sitting in the living room with friends or something, like, and then they're like, whose line is it anyway show will come on? And everybody's laughing their butts off, and I'm sitting there, like, straight-faced. Like, improv comedy doesn't connect with me. It doesn't click with me. I don't think it's funny, like, ever. Yeah, I'm usually so, in the same boat. Yeah, I didn't so, like this movie either. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I was like, so they're really going to do improv for 90 minutes? And, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what funny. they did. Yep. Um, we all three, I think, feel the same on this movie. None of none of us three cared for it. Yeah, I was watching in top ten list though, and this popped up as number three on someone I really likes list. There's people that really like this movie. Yeah, they do. I appreciate it, but I, <laughs> it's gonna be a no for me, dog. I was bored to tears. <laughs> so yeah, uh, then I watched Ryan Phillippe's action movie that was trending for a hot minute on Netflix called The Second. 
And the only reason that it was trending was because it was new, and then it quickly dropped off the top ten list. But it's a cross between Die Hard and Extraction. Um, a father, an ex-Marine, is picking up his kid from a, pre a private school, and a team of uh, mercenaries, I guess, are kidnapping another kid from that school while he's there, and that kid is the daughter of like a Supreme Court justice, so they want this justice to vote a certain way, so they want to kidnap his daughter and hold her hostage so he'll vote their way. And it is nonsense. It's this, so bad. Are you sure you didn't swap my movie taste for a while? Because that sounds like the kind of liquid ass I would watch on a, on a weekly basis. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but, I'm sorry. Your movie taste is liquid ass? <laughs> At times, yeah. <laughs> what a story, Dave. Then <laughs> um, I watch, so I gave that a 3 of 10. Okay, look at the, moving look at the on to board. Summerland. And this was a movie in the podcast challenge that, or the wrap-up challenge that Mike assigned to me. And I looked at it and I said, why in the world would he think I would want to watch this? It is a World War II, I don't care for war movies, it's a World War II like period drama, which I also hate. Um, and I was completely wrong because it is really, really good and really, really endearing. It's actually more layered than that. Um, it's about this Jewish boy, too. He, he's, his family are in the war. Or what, it's like World War II, so his family are doing things for the war. So he's displaced because his city has been, like, destroyed by the Nazis or whatever. So they, like, place these children in different homes. And so there's this woman who's, like, completely, like, cranky. And everybody in the town dislikes her and avoids her and crosses the street to get away from her and things like that. She's really cranky and nasty. But, like, it's about their relationship and bond that forms from being stuck together in this situation. And, and this bo the boy was just like totally like nice and like curious and happy and like, and every time she's being mean to him, he just kind of brushes it off and doesn't care. And then they start bonding and it's actually really, really good. So I recommend Summerland. It's an eight out of 10. I'm glad That's, you liked it. Yes, absolutely. That's why I do this challenge because I have to sometimes be kind of pushed to get outside my comfort zone and I'm almost always glad when I do so thank you for that uh, last three movies uh, Tom Hanks World War II submarine U-boat uh, battleship movie um, and I was sat there thinking man this would have been a cool actual battleship movie it's a little more serious in tone for a movie based on a board game but if you remember that battleship movie that we got like five years ago or so mm, or five or Liam seven Neeson. years ago yeah, so bad. I thought that was bad anyways. Um, so I really liked Greyhound. Tom Hanks, I think, is a national treasure. Um, and then now what I'm working on is to catch up with all the Into the Dark movies. I started with Puka Lives, which I thought was a fantastic sequel. <laughs> Seven out of ten for that. And I watched Delivered, uh, which was the last year's Mother's Day episode. And it's about a pregnant woman who... Uh, well, I won't spoil it. Like, just someone has sinister intentions for her baby. So, it's one of those kind of movies. So, and I gave that a six out of ten. Is Pilgrim pretty... on your list? Pilgrim Hello. is my number one. I've seen that one. That okay. one is I was currently just seeing... ranked number one because I rank them for each year as they go. And then when year two is done, I'm gonna blend rank the twenty four films. And yeah, yeah that Pilgrim's awesome. number one in both lists for sure. That it's movie's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
Puka was uh, a big surprise out of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And Puka and Puka Lives are almost two different movies. Puka mm-hmm. has this almost like David Lynch, like weird, yep, psychological horror thing, and then Puka Lives is more of like a straightforward. This um, Child's Play remake with Puka in it, I thought. Yeah, basically, yeah. So uh, that's it for me. Cool, cool. some good, good stuff. I have watched a ton and i am gonna blast through a lot of these i've did a bad movie marathon and uh so strap in i'll get through these pretty quick though i'm good about that start off i watched uh willie's wonderland this one wasn't bad this was awesome it's got uh if you ever want to see chuck e cheese or uh five nights at freddy's versus nick cage um who he gets he gets trapped in they lock him in to a place he he gets his tires cut um, and it's kind of shady circumstances. Nick Cage doesn't utter a word in this entire film. And he only acts with himself. And it's... Whew, oh, man, this movie's divine. It's it's awesome. Watch, for sure. You've got to see it. Mm. Uh, speaking of divine, coming up next is the movie Saint Maud. Uh, a movie about um, religious fanaticism kind of going to an extreme. It's not as offensive as I thought it was going to be watching the trailer. Because they really made this look like this was going to be like, we hate Christians and you're going to too at the end of this movie. It's, it's not that way. It just has a message to say about when people take these things too far. And I found it pretty good. Not as good as I was hoping, but still pretty good. Uh, it's worth watching. It's on Epics now. Um, it's A24's big horror film. Well worth watching. Um, next up was Judas and the Black Messiah. Great. Oh my gosh, this was good. Um, performances were great. I think they're going to get some award nominations, probably Best Actor and Supporting Actor uh, from Keith Stanfield, as well as uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, for, um, I think they're both going to get some nods in their respective roles, and this will probably get some screenplay nods, I think, too. Um, great movie. Um, one of my favorites of the year. Well worth checking out. Uh, next up, I got one that may show up again, uh, coming soon. It's called The Suckling. Uh, this one's awesome. Uh, watch that. Just finally showed Maddie the, the vinegar syndrome of that. And we doubled that up with a vinegar syndrome title, Fade to Black. I'd watched this before and then finally got around to the vinegar syndrome cut. Cool movie. A movie about a movie fan who takes things too far and starts to cosplay as different classic movie characters. And things get bad. And uh, so it's an interesting movie. I don't know if I like its messaging, really. I found it weird. Um, and it's a little quirkier than it should be, I think, to hold its tone. But it's worth watching. Then I watched another Nick Cage mm-hmm. called Grand Isle, where mm-hmm. he's in a uh, uh, pretty much a mansion in, uh, I think, like Louisiana area. And a hurricane's coming. So he's home. Uh, basically, yeah. And, um, and he's an ex-military guy. And he comes, uh, there's a guy that's just had a newborn kid. He's down on his luck. He's a salesman, can't make a sale to, to save his life. But if you're trying to sell people while they're trying to eat dinner, yeah, that's going to happen. Um, he, he's, he's kind of a dummy. Um, but either way, he goes to fix uh, Nick Cage's fence. The storm happens, and then he has to stay in the house with Nick Cage and his wife, who's kind of hitting on him a little bit. And it gets as weird as you'd think it would. And uh, Nick Cage does speak in this role, and he freaks out quite a bit. Um, it's something. <laughs> uh, the ending kind of wet the bed, but it's actually a pretty entertaining film. Uh, crime Scene, The Vanishing at Cecil Hotel. I put a big review out. I'll just leave that to speak for itself uh, and uh, read that. I watched the new Sia movie, uh, the musician, called uh, Music. Uh, this one's not good. Um, it's 
got a lot of problems and uh, it I don't know I don't think it was a I know quite a few autistic people and this movie I don't think is a good representation of autism at all um, and it, it just it felt kind of weird and it just didn't feel authentic to me um, so either way not not good uh, 17 was a jingle all the way I, I caught up with that now, this is where my bad movie marathon started I, I started watching uh, movies that Double Toasted covered, and I would watch the movies along with their commentary, so I'd be watching them with it. They said, and they covered it, it isn't actually a bad movie. It's kind of dumb at times, but uh, I actually enjoyed this one. It was pretty fun. This it, is a Schwarzenegger film, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, where the Schwarzenegger movie where his wife is feeding a little too much into the guy that's uh, hitting on her in this movie. It, he, she, she probably shouldn't have gotten in the car with that man, but uh, either way, it's pretty much a story of he has to win her back over type type deal. It's it's fun. If you don't look too far into it. Then I watched maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's that saying something. Be. Called The Pest. And this is the most offensive, ghastly, insipid film. I I, I wish nothing but horrible things for those involved in this film. That's a little harsh. I, I'm, no, I'm serious. This is awful. I, oh my gosh. I can't even... If anyone see this, it's bad. Real bad. Um, at number 18 was The Cat in the Hat. Another insipid film. Uh... This is ghastly stuff. I remember watching it as a kid and hated it. This is bad. This is worse than Cats. Um, I would say creepier. It's got Mike Myers playing the cat in the hat. And this this just shits all over Dr. Seuss's legacy. I hate it. <laughs> I think I remember that. I hate it every I second of this. I watching it, but I remember it coming out. Then I watched White Chicks. Uh, funny at times. Not a good movie, though. I didn't find this one very good. Yeah, Like I said, I, I really strapped in for the bad. Yeah, I watched yeah. a movie... Sean Connery's last film uh, called Sir Billy. <laughs> not not his last film, but it's one of his well lesser-known animated films. And he, he plays a role. And this is a terrible animated film. And then I watched Halloween Resurrection. Uh, wow, we all know how that one is. Uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. I stick up for this one a little bit. It's, it's fine. I, I'd like to review the Blair Witch series at some point, so I'll keep it brief. Uh, next up is The Master of Disguise. Uh, God bless it. Uh, this one was testing my patience. I, well, it's because you just weren't turtly enough for the turtle club. Uh, sucks, man. <laughs> and then I watched Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. This one's awesome. This, this is The original some, one or the new one? The, the original movie. Oh, yeah. The, the movie. It's I awesome. It's, it sucks, but it's awesome. And then I watched a movie called The Minis, which was a really bad. It had Dennis Rodman. In it, and the I, I kid you not, they don't take this offensively. This is literally the synopsis on Letterboxd Dwarfs playing basketball with Dennis Rodman. That's the only thing on the Letterboxd description of this film. It's bad, uh, it's it's real, real bad. Um, well, I don't know what you expect. That's Dennis Rodman. No, dude, it's, it's worse than you could think. Next up was a movie that we need to watch on the action cast called Stone Cold from 1991. This movie's testosterone-filled awesome. This is this one's actually pretty fun. Like a Bosworth film? Yeah. I think yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, you probably have. It's, it's a good one. It's like fun. It's it's dumb, but it's fun. And I watched a movie I didn't even know existed. A lot of these I had to pay you know a couple bucks to rent on things. I had no idea this existed. It's called Tiptoes. You need to put gas and in the car. This one's. That. This one has Gary Oldman, Patricia Arquette, and Matthew McConaughey, and Kate Beckinsdale in it. Peter Dinklage as well. This is a movie where 
the majority of the people that are not, um, you know, that, that have that, that have the dwarfism uh, thing going on. So Matthew McConaughey plays a really awful, like they, it, it's stupid. Higher, this, it's the same thing with the Sia musical with, uh, with music. If you're going to try and offer diversity in your films, hire people that actually have what you're talking about. Don't have McConaughey playing a dwarf. Seriously, just don't do it. <laughs> it's stupid. Uh, the movie sucks. It's 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 a big joke. It, it it's a farce. It's bad. Mm. And I watched a movie called Joanna Man, and um, this one this one's it's funny. It's pretty funny. It sucks, but it's funny. Um, it's about a guy who, and it's all problematic as all get out today. It's about a guy who joins a women's basketball team, yeah. and uh, it's about as offensive as you could think it is. And uh, but it, I actually had a good couple laughs out of that one. And then I watched Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Uh, that Ooh. one's awesome. <laughs> I love that one. Then I watched a weird one. I didn't another one I didn't know existed called Wild Wild West from uh, Barry Sonnenfeld. I mean, it had the Will Smith. Movie? Yes, Will Smith it's, in it. It's, oh, but this one, I didn't like it. I, it's, it's, it's bad. bad. It was kind of funny. It was. It had some moments where I was like, "This is neat." If it would have been a movie that didn't suck, but the movie sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's this movie is. You don't laugh with it. You, you, you laugh, laugh at, at it. You laugh. Yeah, at yeah, it really it's, is. It's hard. It doesn't know what it is. It, I, I had a good time watching. I'm glad I watched this cinematic oddity. I wouldn't watch it again. But I didn't know it existed, so I was happy to learn that it did. Then I watched Zombies 2. <laughs> um, something to behold. Um, then I watched The Last Airbender. Now, keep in mind, I, I watched a lot of films, and I, I've, I've always stuck up for this movie to a certain degree. I have too. Now, I didn't rate it very highly because it's actually kind of... It has a lot of bad elements. Terrible green screen upon retrospection. This, this movie looks bad. It has not aged well. I get the complaints. I still think it's not as bad as people make it out to be. It's not the worst movie ever made. Certainly not Shyamalan's worst movie. But this time I was a little bit like, okay, I could see the cracks in this. I don't, I'm not going to, it's not the hill I'm going to stand on, but I would defend the movie. Like someone it's asked something like, it's a solid whatever. six. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a decent movie. It is what it is. And I watched Demolition Man, another one where they, they, they came around and were like, yeah, this one didn't suck. This one's actually really great. Wait, is that the Wesley Snipes? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, this, that's this a is a great film. movie. I, that's, I love that's this movie. That's the 80s classic action. Yeah, I agree. 90s. Yeah, it's or 93. 90s, yeah, 90s, yeah. Next right. up, I watched Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> that I one's, like that one. That one's rough. That one's yeah. rough. Um, it, had a, it had a good funk to it. Um <laughs> Then I watched Anaconda. This oh, this movie is so bad, but awesome. I it's love awesome. Anaconda. I almost talked about it today. Yeah, to it, it really is that that level of so bad it's fun. It that's a good one. Uh, then I watched Double Dragon. Uh, <laughs> that one's that one's fun. Um, then I watched Cool as Ice with Vanilla Ice. This movie sucks. It, uh, no, I, I didn't have a good time with this one. I'm sorry. I can't. No. Yeah, no. It's all right. This one I ate. I, I agree um, with you. It's terrible. Leprechaun in the Hood, just the first one. Uh, yeah, I like that movie too. Well, that was the one um, that I saw. Right? No, you watched Back to the Hood. Back to the Hood. Yeah, the first I one like you didn't Back see. to the Hood. Yeah, that, it's funny. This one's funny too, um, especially with Ice T pulling out a uh, a baseball bat out of his afro in the opening scene. You know what you're getting into with this film. <laughs> it's it's something. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation to prepare for the new one. 
Oh boy. <laughs> this, and believe me, I remember that story that you bought this movie for me to get me to shut up about uh, getting you to play Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, and, and it worked, I guess. And uh, I, I enjoy this movie to this day, but it's There was a, a funny story that came out about that Mortal Kombat trailer. Somebody uh, had a misguided comment. Um, and I'm not bashing like the movement that they were standing up for. I'm legit bashing this person for being an idiot. Uh, they started bashing Mortal Kombat and saying that that movie was sexist because they it did not star Chun-Li. That's awesome. And it's like, I understand what you're wanting to stand up for here, and I agree. But do your research so you don't look like a jackass. Yeah, wrong franchise. And plus, Sonya is or, uh, yes. was Sonya li- yeah, was Sonya was literally the, the main character in yeah. the last two movies. So, um, yeah, it's it's yeah. Either way, um, then I got around to some good movies, and I'll get back to some bad ones here soon. Uh, got I watched Bloody Hell um, off upon Jody's recommendation. Fun movie. Um, weird, but, but pretty fun. It's worth checking out for sure. And I watched the new Shudder original Shook. Um, this is a movie about a, um, kind of like the influencer culture. It's fun and it has a lot of good visual flares. It did one of those things where, where movies, I lose interest in them pretty quick whenever they have too many plot twists and where I just eventually go, okay, I give up, whatever. You're going to do what you're going to do. And I'm not even going to try and figure it out. And that's what this movie was. I, I, the, the beginning start, starts off pretty rough. So I will recommend giving it a go okay. longer because it, it goes away from the influencer stuff, which is what annoyed me and I'm sure probably annoyed you. Yes, the first 15 minutes of this movie annoyed me to no end. It, it eventually turns into a, a house movie where it okay. turns a little bit more like unfriended type deal. You, you won't get as annoyed with okay. it. I do recommend sticking around. It's worth watching. It's just, it's not, not great. Okay. Then I watched The Ninth Configuration, which was... Oh man, this is something, dude. Uh, William Peter Blady, uh, Blady made this movie. Great, great director actually. He's mostly known as a writer, but he did The Exorcist Three and The Ninth Configuration. And that's it. Two pretty good movies in their own right. This movie is strange. It deals with the ideas of theology, religion, through the eyes of of people with severe mental illnesses, and it also deals with like war topics. It's way out there, but it strangely works. It's on Amazon Prime. Watch it. At your own risk. It is it is strange. But it's actually worth watching. I, I like this movie quite a bit. Um, found it interesting anyway. Then I watched Baby Huey's Great Easter Adventure. Uh, right back into the terrible. I'm almost done with my bad movie marathon. This one. It's based on a cartoon series. This one came out in 1999. Uh, it sucked. It was what, funny though. <laughs> what happens when you spend too much time on crack? Mike. And then, uh, David, and you give Steve crap for some of the weird and stupid. I went crap through, that he watched. like I said, I went through every film that Double Toasted covered on their he on their series. Maddie or something. And then I watched <laughs> Warriors of Virtue. Um, if you guys haven't heard of this, this has anthropomorphic um, kangaroos, uh, which was the first joint film effort between the U.S. and China. Um, and this movie very much shows this. It shows it shows that it was made for the Chinese market. Um, it is out there. Oh man! Hard pass. It's uh, no, this one you'd probably like out of all of them I've talked about. You'd probably find it entertaining. And then uh, I watched Who Killed Captain Alex, which will be my featured uh, bad movie review. And ended off, I did actually watch a good movie called I Care a Lot on Netflix, uh, starring Rosamund Pike. And uh, I was wondering about that one. It's good. 
it's interesting. It, it deals. It's a whole lot of bad people. There's no one really to root for, including Rosamund Pike, who plays someone who literally takes over guardianship and pretty much forces these and steals their possession. Basically. I passed on it. It just looked like a, a misery kind no, of. No, it's actually pretty funny. Really? It, it's a almost a comedy, a dark comedy for most of it. So it's not a misery porn type movie. I recommend it. I do recommend watching this movie. It's entertaining, and it never really roots for them. Obviously, it never sticks up for what they do. So it's a lot of bad people, and you think, like, why, who am I supposed to root for? The movie just keeps the comedy, uh, or the light. It, watch Bad Education. It's the worst version of Bad Education. Uh, I do recommend Bad Education a lot with Hugh Jackman, um, about uh, some school money debt uh, woes that went on in some similar situation, but... Um, I actually enjoyed this. I, I thought it was pretty good. It's worth watching. One of the few Netflix originals that's come out recently that I do recommend. So uh, check it out. And uh, yeah, we're going to come back after this break after I give my voice a rest after talking about nearly 40 films. So <laughs> we'll be back in a little bit. Welcome back to Reasonably Real. We're going to be talking about some movies that are so bad, mm, they're good. My favorite and It's going to be a good time, to say the least. My favorite. And, uh, well, I'm glad it's your favorite. So, Steve, you're, you're first up off the oh, list. Come on, man. you got to at least you give me time to power this thing you up. You don't need to turn on your thing to know what movies you're going to review. So go ahead and get okay. into them. Well, I, I do. I, I have to. I'm going to go back a little bit in time uh, in my watch list on uh, to a film called Clash of Empires. This was a gift of David's. On uh, you know over the Christmas and I got to watch this. It look, it's something that you have to come over and watch. So whenever you bring over your thing to see it, uh, we'll watch this one. It is awful on every possible technical scale. It, it just is. But what I found worth the time, especially for people in my age bracket, I think, is the film seems to be geared towards children. It has the same vibe as a children's film of, say, the 70s. The Saturday matinees when we would ride our bikes to a theater and pay a little bit of money and go in. The only thing in this film is, and I have no idea why they put it, is some awful blood splatter gore. Sounds like Psycho Goreman to me. Only Psycho Goreman is a mean kind of film. This is not. This has the white hat uh, good guy. Basically, he's not in a white hat, but that's because he's not—he's not an American cowboy. You've got the bad guy. It's clear cut. That uh, you know, uh, nothing, nothing new here. But I found the film slightly uh, warming to my heart as I remembered and reminisced about the days of old. It's not uh, a great film, and it's—it is available for rent on. Uh, Amazon Prime right now for three ninety nine. It actually gets a lot. I'm oddly surprised at the number of reviews that rate it fairly high. Um, and there is another Clash of Titans or Clash of Empires film based loosely on The Hobbit. This is not it. This is based on a uh, basically a, an Asian, uh, the Chinese um, Malaysia. I think what eventually became Malaysia and uh, the Romans. Uh, were together to form a league, basically, to defeat an evil empire. And the story itself is is historical. That that from the that part no, of from the, that that actually happened. Those three things were there together, which I thought was retarded in itself. But no, this actually is similar. I'm sorry, but how they went about it and what they did, and in this film. It's completely non-historical, other than just the fact that 
some of this is loosely based on something that actually happened in the 200s AD. So uh, it's it's something to behold. It's horrible, uh, but it's uh, entertaining. I, to me, I found it quite entertaining, both on a funny scale and it, it, it warmed the cockles of my heart, as they said, because it really did kind of take me back to my time going to theaters on the air bases and, yeah. uh, and watching them. So it's okay. the Clash of Empires, the Battle for Asia. It's a 2011 film, not the Hobbit film. So get that one right. Uh, the other film that I'm going to talk about, David and I probably argued a little bit about this one. I don't want to, we didn't argue about it, but we look at it a little differently. Uh, is the 1980 film Return to the 36th Chamber. Uh, and I understand what David's saying. This film is actually not looked at as a bad film, and it's really not a it's bad a, film. It's cons- it has a cult following. Yeah, but whenever you watch it, that's pretty horrible in, in ways. So, for instance, I have no idea why they would literally carve a set of Bugs Bunny teeth out of what looks like wood and have one of their characters wear them. They are so big that you can't see his bottom lip when he talks. You know what I mean? You can tell his jawline's moving, but you can't see his lips. That's not the only oddity in the film. It is typical Asian humor in that way. Now, this is not a sequel. It's almost a remake of another classic film with the same people. Return to the 36th Chamber, or, I'm sorry, the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, which was made in 1978. This is a fairly serious martial arts movie that is a pretty decent film. I liked it. I, you know, we watched it too. And uh, in that particular film, the guy has to go to the Shaolin Monastery to learn Kung Fu so he can defeat uh, an, evil, uh, uh, an evil empire, basically, help his community out. And the other one... The uh, the return, which come out in 1980, a few years later, has the same people, but it is not a sequel. Although to look at it, you would swear it's the same film. And this film, it's the evil, uh, it's the evil giant businesses beating on non-unionized workers. I guarantee. Watch it; it's there. That's exactly what's going on. The uh, they've come in and they've kicked out the workers, and if they didn't work or said, "Hey, you can't take 20% of my pay," they beat them with sticks. So the same guy that went in the first one now travels to a Shaolin monastery to learn Kung Fu. But in this mm. film, yeah, hilarity ensues. And it's essentially a Jerry Lewis film. You know, only it's, it's Chinese and it's got great martial arts action in it. And that's the one that I'll focus on here because I think if a lot of people watch this, they're, they're not going to like it. But they won't give it a chance. Yeah. is the problem with the film. Give it a chance. The film is actually better than the original one, in my opinion. Huh. Maybe not on a technical merit, but the first one is goofy unintentionally. This is goofy intentional. <laughs> and it is really goofy. They just, they said, well, okay, that did, I, I don't know what it was like in 78 when they made the first one. It didn't work because it's kind of silly. So let's just make the silly film version of the same thing. Because it's literally all the same people. Uh, and to me, it works better because of the goofy nature that they take. So uh, I think it's well worth your time. That film, The Return to the 36th Chamber, is available on Netflix. Uh, the entire series uh, is available on Amazon Prime. Uh, so you can catch up with them. Uh, they are looked at as classic uh, 
films. I particularly love some of the drills that they did. There's mm -hmm. one montage that reminded me a lot in the, I can't even remember whether that was the first one or the last one, of uh, The Perfect Weapon. Not the Seagal crappy film, but the uh, great film that David and I reference mm. a lot. Uh, there's a montage that's basically that, minus the music. Or is it more like the Five Deadly Venoms plate smashing? For and the they are, there so is that's the, awesome, There too. is the Five Deadly Venom <laughs> plate smash scene. So, essentially, he has to go through the 36 levels, mm -hmm. and they show them, and each level is some different kind of challenge. Even SpongeBob so, has referenced this movie. Like, I, I mean, really? this is a very, very well-regarded film uh, in most yeah. regards. I get, so, I get what uh, you're saying. This yeah. is not a technically bad film. It's just a bad, it just looks bad, but they made it this way on purpose, and technically it's really good. Yeah. And even, well, it's just not for everybody. It's, it's a cult film. But give it a to chance. Me. And you don't need to watch the first one. To me, the second one, just go into it as a comedy, because it's a Jerry Lewis film. It just doesn't have Jerry Lewis. And watch it. It's got both of them have a lot of heart. Both of them clear-cut good guys. Nothing in either one of them. No bad language. Uh, terrible dubbing, but you would expect that from a... 70s and 80s early Asian film, um, uh, and uh, have a good time with it. I just, I just uh, can't. I, uh, you know, I'm going to buy these films. Uh, oh, yeah. There uh, is a third one out there that I want to get. I can't remember the title of it. It's available on Amazon. So I'll probably here. watch it this week. Uh, and there's some spinoffs as well. It's a little like watching The Hitman, where they made a bunch of spinoffs. So I'll probably be checking out some of these. But uh, yeah, check out that one either. The 36th Chamber of Shaolin, which is a serious film, or its goofy twin, Return to the 36th Chamber, mm. which is, uh, I think, the better of the two. Okay. So, uh, Good deal. Uh, yeah, Mike, I like both of them. You, you like both of those? I yeah. do. I can vouch yeah. for them. Well, you know. I like I, the whole series, actually. I've seen the third one, too. I'll have so you. It's really good okay. Well, I'm excited to see the third one. I like that the, the, the martial arts are really quite spectacular. I've been a martial, like, as far as the, the actual Asian martial arts movies for a little bit longer than you have. Because yeah. you just recently gotten into those. I, I've, I've had an affinity for these 70s martial arts movies for a while. I used to hate them. I used yeah. to think they're just bone stupid. And some of them are. But the ones that take themselves like this one. Like I said, the first one's not really stupid. It's a pretty serious film. Just They play it pretty serious. It's just goofy at times. This film, no, it's, they're having fun. and uh, it's, uh, it's a good time, so check it out. Mike, what are you bringing us for the So Bad It's Good? Ooh. All right, I'm going to bring a couple classics. Uh, and we've brought them up before, but we've never did like an in-depth, deep dive of them. Uh, my first one's going to be, it was released in 1992, directed by Mary Lambert. Stars Anthony Edwards, Clancy Brown, Ed Furlong, uh, and that's Pet Cemetery too. Mm. There's some people that even will say Pet Cemetery One, the original, is a bad movie, um, and Pet Cemetery Two is a bad movie. And yeah, it is kind of bad. Uh, the acting's sh shaky in some spots. Uh, the writing is shaky in some spots. Tonally, it's all over the place. Is it a slapstick comedy, or is it a gore-fest horror movie, or, you know, what is it? Um, it? It really is all over the place in its presentation, but there's something about this movie that draws me in every mm -hmm. time. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with uh, Clancy Brown, mm -hmm. uh, him playing uh, a dad of one of the kids, and then he's also the sheriff. And 
slight spoiler alert, he gets killed in the movie and they bury him in the pet cemetery and he comes back as this walking talking slapstick comedy yeah horror zombie and there is a dinner scene in this movie that is just hilarious um he's slapping does you he, know does he piss on hospitality nope not in this one um, uh. <laughs> but he's like, there's, a, there's only one more iconic dinner scene uh, that one maybe for well texas chainsaw but. texas chainsaw is pretty iconic but uh, now they're, they're sitting around the dinner table, and of course nobody knows that Clancy Brown's been killed and then brought back with the pet cemetery. And he's like trying to laugh, and his head's hanging half off of his neck, and he's slamming mashed potatoes down on the, the table and eating them with his hands mm-hmm. and laughing, and potatoes are going all over the place. I mean, it really is a slapstick comedy moment in the middle of this kind of gory horror movie. And then a little bit later on, Clancy Brown has another pretty slapstick moment that turns into a gore moment with a dirt bike and another kid. Um, and this movie kind of threw out the rules of Pet Cemetery from the first one. Uh, it threw out the rules a little bit. Um, and just objectively speaking as a movie, it's not very good. But it is so entertaining and it is such a product of its time. Yeah. Uh, the Mary Lambert's... Uh, She's directed a lot of movies. I think she's like got 12, 15 movies under her belt. Uh, and she's a pretty good director, uh, you know, with what she's been always, the projects she takes on and been given, she does a pretty good job. And she's mainly known for like a lot of music videos and uh, shorts and stuff like that. And the beginning of this movie, you can, it feels like a music video in some of the spots uh, with the music playing over. You, mm-hmm. you really do get a music video vibe, but... I don't want to derail. I will say I think this movie was a victim of the bandwagon. Yeah. And, and I hate that when that happens. People all... Uh, this is one of those movies that everyone says they've seen and really haven't. They're yeah. like, yeah, that movie sucks. Why? Why do you think it sucks? Uh, it's a sequel that, that I've seen. No, you haven't. It's, yeah. it's really not that bad. Um, technically, in a lot of ways, there's moments of this that are better than the original. I don't think it's a better movie overall, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as you could say it is. I have the Scream Factory cut. This thing's actually a good film. Uh, I enjoy it. I don't like it as much as he does. I don't like it nearly as much as the original movie, but as far as entertainment value, it's a fun film, and I don't... It, it's not nearly as bad as, as, as people no. make it out to be. I really do it's think it's one, of those, it's one of those movies that, that people automatically write off, I think, because of just... Uh, it's a sequel to that, and like... I just don't think a lot of people have seen it because if you, if you have then and you could compare the original and this one, you're probably not going to say it's all that bad of a film. I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but I don't remember it at all. It's one that I've meant to try to find, but you see Pet Cemetery on mm-hmm. on television a lot. This you one's never a little tougher one. to find. Um, I so. do. Screen Factory did put out a really nice Blu-ray. As a matter of fact, I, I, like I it have more. it on DVD and I have the Screen Blu-ray, so I'll give you the DVD before you leave. You'll okay. you'll enjoy. I I want to say there's a little bit. Something there, but I don't think it's real bad. Yeah. On I, I remember the original, the, the original Pet Cemetery. I, that's an, a really great film. Yeah. Uh, well, on a lot of technical uh, levels, there's a lot of problems with that movie. If you, if you think about it, it, a lot of people just have really fond memories because that, that movie's scary, and the yeah. and the and the goods outweigh the bad. Mm-hmm. But there's technical issues with that film. There is. I don't. Uh, and this, uh, people look past it, and I'm just all I'm all I'm saying is to stick up for this one. I don't know why people don't don't stick up for this one as well. 
And see, and, and, and yeah, I don't get that either. I actually prefer Pet Cemetery 2 over the first one. The first one is a better movie, but I like the second one better. Uh, and I actually seen the second one long before I saw the first one. Yeah. Um, it was on TV one night. I can actually remember switching between the NHL All-Stars competition and Pet Cemetery 2 on TV way back in the mid-90s mm-hmm. on like USA or something like that. Um, and yeah, it, it has its problems. Uh, tonally, it's all over the place. The acting can be a little bit spotty. Even Edward Furlong, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, Anthony Edwards... Uh, in the movie, who you know, Goose on Top Gun, he's he's a pretty decent actor. Even he's a little bit spotty in this movie. Yeah. But overall, it's very entertaining, and it's a solid like five or six. It's not the one or two that you hear everybody say it is. No, it's a it's a very entertaining movie. Uh, I, I would go out on a limb to say more entertaining than the first. Um, and so give Pet Cemetery two a try. Yes, it is a little bit of a bad movie. But it's a good bad. There's brief breaths, but you'll be okay yeah. with it. Um, and then the second movie, and this one's very near and dear to my heart, and this is the hill that I will die on. Um, and this was released in 1989, directed by Rob Hedden. Stars an icon in the horror industry, Kane Hodder. He plays Jason Voorhees mm. in Friday the 13th, Part 8. Jason rides a boat. I mean, uh, Jason takes Manhattan. Mm. He does ride a boat. He does thing. ride a boat, and I and I, I'm saying that as a joke because that's nine out of ten people. That's their complaint. It's uh, it's not Jason takes Manhattan. It's Jason's on a boat and kills a bunch of school kids. And I'm like, yes. I said, but then when he arrives into Manhattan, the which as horror fans we all know the stories behind this movie. You know, Kane Hodder dressed in full squishy squishy Jason outfit, you know, soaking yeah, wet, walking through downtown Manhattan. Um, and, like, the reactions from some people are real. They didn't plan some of this stuff. Uh, he just, they put him in costume and then just filmed him walking through the middle of the Big Apple. But once he gets there, it breaks loose. I mean, you, you what other movie do you see a boxing match on top of a rooftop where somebody's head gets knocked off? You know, this movie's rad. It, yeah. It's so much fun, but it is long considered one of the worst of the franchise. It's another one that I don't think people have seen. And <laughs> honestly, it's another one that, that I think its reputation of the the jokes that you can, yep. the generic long standing jokes, I, and it is more boat than anything. It is. But, yes, the, but, the first hour of the movie is on. But there's a lot of pretty good kills. Yeah, and a boat. lot of cool characters on the boat. Yeah, the boat's fine. Actually, you know, I, honestly, I would say the boat part's probably better than, than when he arrives yeah. in Manhattan for a lot of it, yeah. No, because that, that one of my favorite one-liners from the film is actually in this movie, and it's when the woman runs through this diner screaming, there's a murderer, <laughs> yeah. and she's going to kill me. And then you could tell that this woman that works in this diner had been smoking a pack of Marlboro, Days, Marlboro Reds for the past 50 years, because she goes... Well, welcome to Manhattan. And the yeah. woman just takes off run. Then here comes big bad Jason Voorhees. He doesn't use the door. He Kool-Aid mans yeah, it through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and it is such a fun movie. And like I said, this is the hill I will die on. Fight me. Because it's a good movie. I oh, think I... this is one of the most entertaining entries into the franchise. I'd, I'd watch um, this one before I watch 
quite a few of them. I'd watch this one before I'd watch the first one. Maybe even the second one. Yeah, um, I mean, the, you know, I think this series, frankly, hits its... The movies that I watch the most often are from 5 to five yeah, to 10. I agree. Honestly. And I, I don't know. I, I like this movie, too. I don't like it as much as you do, but I do like it quite a bit. Yeah. This is the hill. Like I said, this is the hill I'm dying on. Uh, Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. is one of the best in the franchise. Fight me. It's, it's considered a bad movie by a lot of people. I don't consider it bad, but it is a great, I consider it a great bad movie. Come at me, bro. You need to watch this one. You need to watch some, get some Jason culture in your life. Hmm. Um, I'm not that interested in slasher films or demon films. How, oh, let me, how, let me think I, how I got talked into watching this thing, I don't know. But, oh, bud, you're going to uh, love it. I think you're so against these things because you're closeted in denial of thinking that you won't like them. You've got this idea that you're afraid that you're going to like it when you watch it, what, what the problem is. No, that's Yes, not it is. Sometimes uh, I, I just see no point in it. I, I'm not... It's I can not see my, it in your eyes. I, no, I you're just say coming up with excuse. Lamberto Bava's Demons doesn't actually contain demons. So just keep that in mind. So it's a spiritual remake of Troll 2? No. Stop comparing it to Troll 2. Uh, well, there's no trolls in Troll 2. That's kind of what I'd say. Eh, they're close enough. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to give you that warning. There's okay. no demons in Demons. Okay. So Or Demons 2, really. I mean, Demons 2 is pretty much the same film. Yeah, and then <laughs> Demons 3 has an ogre in it, so yeah. whatever. And Demons 4 is in a church. Oh, yeah. It's, the yeah, church. it's it called is. The Church. It's uh, called The Church. Yeah. Well, this seems this seems a little like watching uh, uh, the what the, the heck is that crap? Ator the Ator series, which made no sense. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's Italian, so that, well, that's the, true. The the Demon series is pretty much like any Italian big name got together and was like, hey, you know, let's just kind of all do a movie together and put it out. Yeah, and that's really what the first one is, because I mean, there's all kinds of the Argento's got credits in it. I mean, and there's just all kinds of people. Uh, uh, Michelle Siovi uh, is actually, uh, I think, got a writing or producing credit and stars on the movie. Um, you know. Good stuff. So, uh, Jody. Uh, Alrighty. What are you bringing us? I have a few to uh, bring up before I get into my feature. Uh, first one is a 1991 slasher film that also celebrates classic horror cinema and the gimmicks that they used to do in horror horror movies at the theaters, uh, especially William Castle, like The Tingler and things like that. And that is the movie called Popcorn. Yeah. And mm, love that I one. I love it so much. It's I know we all love it in this group, but there's a lot of hate for it out there. Um, and in the middle, there's some like weird things that happen that don't make a lick of sense. But you just like pop the popcorn and turn the brain off it's pretty awesome it really is i, I agree and there's yep. a synapse finally got this one out there on blu-ray so i i, I have a lot of respect to them absolutely uh next is the greasy strangler um <laughs> in which a man called big ronnie gets naked and covers his body in grease from top to bottom and mm. goes out and strangles somebody and then Goes through a car wash that he walks through to get all the grease off of him, and he does, and it's pretty, pretty glorious. And he's got a son, Big Braden, who 
Um, basically, I know the, the, the synopsis of what I just said, if you peel off the greasy layers, the point of this movie is about a, a father and son relationship and the son who would do anything and all he cares about in life is getting his father's approval. Pretty much. And yeah. that classic story has been told through the naked, greasy old man <laughs> stranglings. Dude, it's awesome. So. If it makes you feel any better, my uh, Chromecast was named the Greasy Strangler. So anyone who came over to the house saw that every time they would, they would, uh, they would. <laughs> that that their hurts my heart. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just wanted to let you know that Mm-mm. your house will forever be known as the Greasy Strangler. Then we got a pair of movies whose sole existence purpose is to be a commercial. (laughs) And these are both childhood favorites of mine. One of them is The Wizard. We've already talked about that a couple of times, so I won't go into it. But that exists solely to be a Nintendo commercial and a launch platform marketing for Super Mario Bros. 3. And then the other one you'll find on Netflix in the Mystery Science Theater episodes called Mac and Me. Yes. Which... (laughs) Existed to be a commercial for McDonald's. There's even a McDonald's scene where Ronald McDonald's is dancing and there's some kind of big choreographed dance sequence that breaks out in McDonald's. And this movie is heinous. It Mm. is so bad. And sadly, like anybody who didn't see it back in the day, and even those probably more more than not who did see it back in the day hate this movie. But for myself as a child and my nephew, my sister's oldest son, we bonded over this movie. We loved this movie. We watched it all the time. And, and, and that end, end scene where it says, we'll be back, promising the sequel. Man, we waited for like three or four years for that sequel, and then we finally gave up and said, it's not coming. You know, back in the day before we had internet, if we would have had internet, we'd obviously know this is not getting a sequel. This made like <laughs> three million at the box office. So this Hey, man, not if Bob the... Goblins can get a sequel, this one can too. Well, that's true. So I can still hold out hope. Maybe uh, Paul Rudd will get it off the ground. <laughs> yes. So um, if you don't get that reference, look it up. Google it. Uh, Paul Rudd, Mac and Me. Yep. Then lastly for my feature review, I got to go with what is not just the best worst movie of all time for me. It's one of my hands down absolute favorite films ever. Um Back in 2003, when I was in film school, a friend came back from California. He spent the summer in California trying to get internships. And he came back and was telling us, there was this movie called The Room, and he was describing it. And he was saying how there was this giant billboard for it. And this one theater has it just constantly rented out to only play this movie. And he was just kind of describing it. And I was like, oh, man, that sounds pretty amazing. And then it kind of dropped off my radar until Rift Tracks picked it up. Um, mm. I've seen it now theatrically four times. I've done two Rift Tracks screenings of it. <laughs> we went to just a regular screening of it where you throw the spoons and you do all that stuff. Um, like Rocky Horror, basically. you bring When you go see this movie, you have to bring a whole bunch of supplies. You bring a little football, bring s- plastic spoons, all kinds of stuff. Would you argue um, that this one gained more of a cult status today than even the Rocky Horror Picture Show? I feel like it has even more screenings. I, I would say so, yeah. And then last January, um, the I had the privilege of attending a screening of The Room with Tommy Wiseau in person. I got to meet him in person, got my picture with him. He autographed. <laughs> uh, I got a little stuffed doggy 
from the movie. Um, <laughs> if you squeeze it, 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 it says lines from the movies. So he autographed that for me, and the the room is so bad, but it it can't you can't like help but like like be endeared by it. Um, there's like so much emotion behind it, and then mm-hmm. then I read the disaster artist book, which only helps things because you kind of get behind you get a peek behind the curtain, and then you know they made that James Franco movie, which was awesome too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the book is phenomenal. So um, I've met Greg. And I've met Tommy, and I just got to meet Juliet to complete the trifecta. But um, <laughs> I did not hit her. Yeah. <laughs> so it's There's... like been like in my, with my friends locally too. It's one of our, we're our most quoted movies ever. I did not. No. I yeah. did not. <laughs> yeah, that's something else. Um, just the whole like, you have to think: is this, are these was this written by a real human being, almost, or was it just kind of like written by like an AI that's not fully programmed or something? Just the unnatural flow of things that almost yeah. make it flow. Dude, Tommy Wiseau is something else. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, it's so fun. Like I'll randomly bust out, and it's I love when I do it, and I realize it's someone who has not seen the room or they've seen it, and they don't really know what I'm talking about. I'll just bust out with, anyway, how is your sex life? <laughs> there, you know if you've seen the scene in the movie they're sitting in a coffee shop talking about his banking deals and he goes I cannot tell you it's confidential talking about his clients he goes anyway how is your sex life and that to me is the funniest thing I, I, I couldn't tell you like that's actually what I think I laughed at the most the first time I saw it because I just thought that was so random um, yeah the writing so, is something else man but if this you look at Tommy go ahead I'm just saying it's a must-see bad movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, like, if you follow Tommy on social media or if you've ever seen him, like, in interviews or if you've met him, like, at at his appearances and things like that, the dude is genuine. He really, really is. Um, There's some cultural things, at least from what I'm reading in the book, that maybe he wouldn't fly so hard today. But, like, um, just he's so, like... I don't know. He made he made a public service announcement where it was Memorial Day weekend and he throws a laptop in a pool because he's mad that people are spending time on their laptop instead of being outside. He's just such a unique person. So sounds about right. That's what I got for the room. I, I'm glad we finally got a chance to discuss the room a little bit. I love that movie too. Actually, that's one that I I would uh, would definitely love to attend some screenings of. It's a good time for sure. Um, I'll, I'll have to scope one out once once uh, things start opening up. I'm sure there'll be quite a few of these types of things popping back up. But uh, yeah, no, I, thank you for uh, covering that for sure. My uh, two, I'll try and get through real quick. Uh, the first one to start off is The Suckling, mm-hmm. uh, a movie. Now I'm gonna warn a little bit about the offensive nature of this film. Uh, so. Uh, I'm just going to warn that the the opinions of this film don't necessarily reflect my own. Um, this movie is about a brothel slash abortion clinic all in one building. And uh, a girl pretty much gets a... Her boyfriend schedules her for pretty much a forceful abortion. And then they flush it down the toilet. And then when it gets to the sewer area the ooze from radiation that's outside of this place like this is a seedy place oozes onto this uh this fetus causes it to come alive 
and turn into a pumpkin head type creature. He looks a lot actually like pumpkin head. So he comes in and traps him in the house in this brothel slash abortion clinic and forces them to fight on their own. The movie feels like it's trying to say something on a social issue, but the movie's far too offensive to, to ever get anything to say. It's just offensive for offensive sake. It's funny, but you've got to have a high tolerance for just offensive topics. Um, but it, it's actually pretty entertaining and funny. It opens up with one of the most weird scenes you'll ever see of a banker who's um, getting his uh, brothel experience and he's got a little propeller hat and uh, whenever he gets to see her naked the propeller flies <laughs> off of his yeah. hat <laughs> and goes, you, it even has the sound effect it goes and it flies yeah. off of his <laughs> this is not going to be I don't even want to talk about this now. I'm going to go ahead and go upstairs uh, but uh, nah, I'm not going to get into it too much if you've heard the synopsis of what this is by now you know whether you should watch it or not um, uh, I do like this movie a lot. Um, Vinegar Syndrome has a cut of it. I do recommend checking it out. Uh, it does pretty... look nice too. They, they yeah, it's a, a good cut. Yeah, and yeah. I'm surprised because this movie couldn't have been made for more than two dimes and a corn chip. Um, but uh, mm. you know, like I said, if you if you hear that and you're offended, like stay Steve over here, then obviously stay away. If you think it sounds funny, you're gonna think it's funny. It's everything it promises. <laughs> Um, but, uh, next up is a movie that I watched that now say Steve needs to watch this one is called who killed captain Alex. This has gotten cult status. Uh, it is a Ugandan action film. Uganda's first action movie. They talk about that quite a bit actually in the film as there's a narrative, uh, there's narration from, uh, the guy, I guess who made the movie. Um, and this is, the birdemic of action films in every way it is you could tell that the person was super passionate about the film but the difference between birdemic and this is this is a lot more fun consistently this is actually a fun movie throughout there's so much action in it it rarely ever slows down and when it does it's hilarious i mean whether it's from the narration of him he pretty much video mcs the entire movie where it almost is it's his own mystery science theater track and that's just how the movie comes. And it's pretty funny. And then, but the action scenes are actually fun. Like, they have pretty much duct-taped weapons. Like, they're made out of duct tape. And uh, just, like, the guy has the, the generic bullet strap. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the, the uh, bullet, you know, where they feed yeah. it into the chain gun. The thing's made out of wooden stakes. You can see it. <laughs> and so he's carrying it around. And he's shooting his weapon. And he's holding the, this wooden stake uh, ammo chain. And he's shooting it off. And and the, they add blood spurts in there on After Effects. They're just Microsoft Paint, like, blood spurts. Shooting it's kind of like what the Clash of yeah, Clash yeah, it, was like. That's what I was thinking of whenever you said it. And... Then, then all of a sudden you get Bruce Yu um, because it's the Ugandan uh, Bruce Lee. <laughs> and then he comes out of nowhere. And then he becomes the main star of the film. Oh, this is something else, man. And the helicopter. When you get to the helicopter scene, and he got I showed him a brief little bit. That's the opening of the film. The end has a bunch of helicopters. And the ending scene alone makes this one of the greatest So Bad It's Good movies I've ever seen. And the thing is, you can't help but love it because you could tell that the people loved it behind it. They had $200 to work with in Uganda. It's not like they have a booming movie industry over there, so this is probably about the best you're going to get. 
and it's fun. I, I was entertained every second of this film. It's endearing. Uh, it's comical. And it's self-aware, too. Like, it knows what it is. I mean, it says multiple times. Uh, the, the end, the last line of the movie from the video MC is, be sure to tell all your friends that Uganda is crazy. <laughs> that was the last bit of the movie. And I'm like, okay, I guess if that's what you want, I'll tell all my friends about this movie because this, this turned into one of my go-tos. Like, I'm going to buy this as soon as I can. This turned into, like, a go-to watch with some friends, a couple beers. This is the drive-in. We're having the action thing out there. We're watching this type movie. That was, uh, it sounds like something we need to watch. Yeah, it uh, really where, is. Where will I be able to watch this at? It's on Amazon Prime, and uh, you can actually buy it. Um, they they have their own website um, the, for this. If you buy the DVD by itself, it actually is signed, I believe, by the director, um, and it's just a it's a pretty rough DVD. And there's a Blu-ray that Agfa released. And now it's going for like $200 on eBay. But they're that's just trying to get people who don't know any better. Because on their website, they're actually selling the Agfa exclusively on this Ugandan website. Now you can buy it. It's region free. So you are able to buy it. And it supports them directly. It was what Agfa wanted what to do. Website. So can you post the link on the I show post, notes? Yeah, yeah, I could do that. I could post a link to, uh, to it to buy it. Because, frankly, support this film. I mean, yeah, this is more endearing than most I, Hollywood I may, stuff I've seen. It, I would be really interested in buying the DVD. Yeah, the signed DVD. The it's only like, 10 bucks. You know, really? it's not, oh, yeah, it's I'm not much. I'm in for that. It's, um, it's all. And then the Blu-ray with a, with another movie from this guy is only $20. And they, they added special features and all that. So watch this movie. <laughs> um, everyone who loves So Bad It's Good Cinema needs to watch. Yeah. Who Killed? Captain Alex. Reminds me a little bit of, uh, we mentioned it before, of the Malpitas monster. Mm -hmm. I mean, the story behind it, which that, that one was just a bunch of high school kids originally, and they got a little bit of help. But, you know, you could tell that they were doing everything they could with what they had. And mm -hmm. it's a terrible film, but it was somewhat entertaining. I think at least this one's going to be fun to watch because it's an action film. Yeah, uh, the, the, I'll, put the, I'll put the name in it on here. It's on the Wakaliwood Super Store. On the, the, is the name Hollywood Superstore. Yeah, Super. Superstore, and uh, there's the DVD there of the excellent box art. Expect the unexpectable. Oh, I'm, the, I'm uh, all in the on that. They can have my ten dollars, <laughs> uh, whether I get it or not. They they deserve ten dollars for yeah. making that. <laughs> and it includes the director's commentary. So uh, definitely check this out. Um, it's awesome. <laughs> So, all right. I hope um, their shipping rates are, are better than no, it's it's right this, now. they have a they have a warehouse in the U.S. So it's oh, shipped okay. from the U.S. You'll oh, okay. Get it. All right. Um. So either way, do we have anything else we want to add before we close out this excellent show? <laughs> I do. If a lot wish. of people love each other, the world would be a better place to live. Oh. <laughs> uh, happy thirty fifth birthday to the Legend of Zelda video game series. Really, I I forgot that it was the thirty fifth anniversary. I feel bad for um, that. I do believe it's right around here is where that first uh, first one on the NES was released too. So it's yeah. right. It's almost to the day of their thirty fifth anniversary, our thirty fifth birthday. Cool. Okay. So all right. Uh, Heck yeah, I'm down with that for sure. So. Either way, I guess, uh, unless we have anything else to add, we want to wish y'all a happy day, and uh, we got a movie to watch, so have a good one. And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, 
hopefully they love our podcast too so we would love to hear uh you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends and uh tell them about our community if they have any questions about movies we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh maybe they should watch uh but either way until next time we hope to see y'all again